Hey, this is Burke. And I swear sometimes, so listener discretion is advised. Well, good news, everybody. I'm up to talking, finally. Um, my lungs are mostly good. I still have the, this weird cough that happens every now and then, but it's just some lingering effects from being sick. But I have a little bit of bad news. I won't be talking about the A, B, C, D, and sometimes E's of plot development. That's going to take a lot more planning on my part than I didn't really do while I was sick. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about building only really what you have to. And then I'm going to do a little bit of world building on top of it to kind of make an example of why you should only build what you need. See, we as world builders kind of fall into this trap where we feel like we have to build the entire world. And don't get me wrong, you might end up having to build out the entire world. But if you're starting at a level one campaign or like how I like to run it at level three, you really don't need to build the entire world at the beginning. You might be in a different boat with a level 20 campaign like you are playing with level 20 characters because they can just go wherever the hell they want to go, especially if a wizard or any kind of spellcasters. My suggestion to you, which I'm assuming you've at least been a dungeon master for some time, so really you should know the ropes by now, you better be really good at improv and coming up with shit on the fly. Okay, back to the lower levels. Don't get me wrong, you're going to need to get better at improvisation, especially if you're a new dungeon master. It's just part of being the dungeon master. You're not always gonna be able to build everything that you think your players are gonna wanna do. I'll use an example for this. So in last night's game where I was playing Raymond, my changeling bard, I might have accidentally threw my DM for a loop. See, I was supposed to meet with this spy master, but as my character would play this, and I played to my character, I wanted to meet them in a public place instead of their office. Now the DM likely built out the whole office and maybe even the building around the office, but I wanted to meet with them inside of a tavern. See, I didn't know that he was planning on doing that, and he might not have been planning to do that. I don't know. As the player, I kind of came to the table going, okay, well, I'm gonna, my character would do this. And if you're a player listening to this, you should always play to how your character would play. Now, here's the thing. Did the DM do anything wrong? Absolutely not. His job was to come up with the scenario and stuff, and he did set up the session. Now, did we do exactly what he wanted? Not necessarily. We still met with the person. However, we did it in a, a sleazy bar instead of her nice little manner. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that he can use that map that he prepped for later on in the game, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be used right away. You know what I mean? At this point, like, yes, it's not going to go bad, but it wasn't used how it was intended. But as a dungeon master, you can't get upset when your players play to their characters. I'll use an example from my game. My players had to go through this war zone where these two dwarven factions were basically at war with each other. Now they had sided with one side versus the other. The problem is the one way out to where they wanted to go in the world was through this fort. Now, I had planned lots of combat inside that fort, plus a boss. However, I gave my players nitroglycerin earlier in the campaign. Is that my fault? Yeah. I mean, explosives are explosives. But they also used a substance that I have in my game called marrow. Think of a substance that um, would mutate the person for a short amount of time, as well as give them unnatural strength, rage, and make like bones and spikes protrude for their bodies. Basically make them uncontrollable, unstoppable killing machines. And it's highly addictive. Well, my players stopped a smuggler and got their hands on a lot of this stuff. No, they're not using it, but they rigged up that nitroglycerin plus this stuff and made a chemical weapon. The artificer had their little bird take a bag of holding, 
fly it over, drop the chemical weapon out, and boom. Next thing you know, everything's tearing each other apart, and the players waited out until the substance cleared out of the air. Now, did I do anything wrong with putting that fort into play? No. Did I do anything wrong with giving them access to certain substances, explosives, and everything else? No. See, my job as the dungeon master is always to adapt. Not to mention reward smart play. All right, now let's get down to why you should only build what you have to. Now, I'm not saying that these examples are reasons not to build things. Don't get me wrong. I'm actually telling you to do the opposite. I just want you to realize that you shouldn't be upset when players do anything to not do your plans. But at the same time, you shouldn't railroad them into just doing it. All right. Let's do a little bit of world building and I'll talk about why we should only build what we have to. So let's say you have a quest to investigate this town that is on the coast that hasn't had any trade or anybody come back from. So it's on a trail and it's going through a forest, which you probably only really need to build out is around the road and around the forest. Now, is there a hag in the forest? Is there like a giant spider nest that is stopping trade from going in and out? or bandits held up in the forest. That being said, maybe your players want to go up the coast. Well, you might end up having to build a lot of that as you go, but for the most part, it makes sense that your players are going to take the road, at least for a little bit. And when they find that the hag is actually in the area and they have their wicker soldiers going through and, you know, patrolling the road, well, then your party's probably going to break off the road and go deal with the wicker people, right? And the hag. But you also should probably build out the town that they are eventually going to go to. I'm not saying you shouldn't build it out, maybe even just do theater of the man with it. Do you think they're just going to go and check in and make sure the people are even still alive? Or do you think they're going to actually sit there and camp there? And that's up to you too and what you build with it. You might have the hag has already killed everybody in the town and they are actually the wicker people going up and down the, the road. Sorry, I don't normally do this, but I will return after a short break. The road is going crazy and I'm just going to wait till the Super Bowl starts so people will stop fucking driving. And we're back. Sorry, I did it this way just so if my voice sounded a little bit different, it's because it's later in the day. So anyways, back to what we were talking about. So what I'm actually getting at with only building what you have to is, okay, so we have this area. So we need to map out where the hag is. We need to map out where the town is. We need to design the road and the forest and whatever else is living in the forest. That doesn't mean we need to build this manor that's out in the middle of nowhere, 150 miles away. The chances of your players actually going to that manor right now is slim to none. We tend to get in this habit of building extra crap that we don't actually need. This isn't Skyrim. This isn't the Witcher. We don't need to build up a ton of different things in this area. It's not necessarily. Some of that stuff can be built on the fly but there shouldn't be like a checklist of things that your players feel like they need to accomplish. Like they shouldn't have a list of like, oh, hey, there's 200 quests in this zone. It's not an MMO. That being said, it's okay to put little hidden things. Maybe they find a dragon's lair that's somewhere out in that forest. Now they're level three. They're not able to fight that entry level dragon, whichever type you decide to build, but they can mark it on their list, mark it on their map, and eventually they can come back when they're strong enough to fight the dragon. See, this can also apply to lore. See, a lot of lore can be built on the fly as well. You can plan and plan and plan, and sometimes you just can't seem to think of everything. Like, let's say they fight this vampire lord that's been held up in this thing, and he has this crazy sword. Well, one of your players might actually want to look into the history of this blade. 
And some of that is going to have to be built on the fly, or they're going to have to do a quest to figure out what's going on with the sword. Maybe you decide to give a cursed item to one of your players, and sometimes this is impromptu. And then you're going to have to build the quest to have the cursed item's effect either removed, or your players are just going to have to deal with its effects. That's also assuming somebody equipped it. When a player just equips a weapon because it looks cool or looks better than what they currently have, and they don't identify the weapon, oh, just give them a cursed item. Just saying. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. No, no, don't give them cursed items all the freaking time. Put a couple of them here and there. And if your party happens to not identify the cursed item, just play along with it. The effects of the cursed item don't have to take effect right away. Your party might wake up in the middle of the night to their barbarian just strolling out of the camp in the middle of the night and head into the nearest brothel or they might not even find that out the barbarian might wake up the next morning with cuts and shit on his feet with blood all over the weapon see you don't have to plan that right away this is stuff you can just build on the fly only build what you need to at the time and when they actually go to get the weapon identified eventually then you can have it all set out in stone but when they're out in the world you can build this as you go at the end of the day, as world builders, we like to build and build and build. Sometimes our projects go to waste. Sometimes they don't. You can always repurpose things that you build for something else later down the road. But do yourself a favor and don't overwork yourself and only build what you need to at the time. If you find time to build extra stuff, go for it. Well, this was a fun episode. I'm sorry about the road noise. I actually fixed the Phantom Audio too, which is great. But there's some construction in my area and they have one of the main roads shut down so my road is currently a detour so there's a lot more traffic on it than i currently realized and i thought a lot of it would be not so crazy today but super bowl and everybody's going to the grocery store or whatever so i will probably start looking into making a sound booth in my closet but i'm not quite to that point yet either that or i'm just going to have to record later in the day well i hope you enjoyed this episode I decided to go this way versus doing the ABCs and Ds and sometimes E's of plot design because really I do this podcast very freeform nowadays because honestly I don't sound boring when I'm not reading things and when I'm just talking I find that I come across a little bit better but for this one I'm actually going to have to plan out a little bit better and there is going to be some reading. I just need to do it a little bit different so I don't sound monotone and I wasn't quite ready to do that yet. We might approach it in a couple episodes, but I am going to do a character builder next week. I am going to be building a villain as well. So we're actually going to build a random character, which is going to be a villain. I have a sound bite that I'm going to use for the design of the villain. And we're going to kind of go from there. Since it's going to be a random character, there's no telling what this thing's actually going to be. As for what we're covering in the next world building with Burke, I'm not actually sure. There's a couple topics I kind of want to cover, so I'm going to maybe do one of those, or I might just do another world or lore building episode. Because honestly, I feel like we need to do that a little bit more. But if you enjoyed this episode, let me know on Twitter at DM Burkhart. You can also find me at my personal Twitter at Burkhart Gaming. I use it a lot more, so you might actually see more posts on Burkhart Gaming. If you're interested in joining our Discord, it's in the show description, as well as all the links that I'm going to be bringing up during this. You can also find the live play game that I'm a part of, where I play Raymond the Changeling Bard, in the show description as well. We played this Saturday, and there was a lot more combat, and it was a fairly interesting session. 
And lastly, if you'd like to support the show, if you can tell a friend about it, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much for listening and coming to the end. Oh, one last thing. I'd like to see if you like the different format where we've added the ambient noise to the podcast. If you could let me know on Twitter, I'm going to be putting out a poll to make sure like do people like the ambient audio or not, or don't even care, but I'm going to be posting that and I'll post that link in the show description. Anyways, thank you all for listening and I'll catch you on the next one.